0: Welcome to In the Moment. I'm Lori Walsh. Governor Kristi Noem has publicly stated she's not running for president in 2024. She says her focus is on being governor of South Dakota. Her opponents think she might be vulnerable in that regard. Today, we're going to talk a little about how local politics is national and national politics has become local. And our guests today are political scientists from South Dakota State University, Lisa Hager and David Wiltsey. Lisa, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Dave thanks for being here as well Good morning we're gonna start with the national and uh, the impeachment the second impeachment of Donald Trump as we look at um, that as it impacts the future of national politics governor Christie Nome has been uh, you know campaigned heavily for Donald Trump to, for reelection unsuccessfully of course does the impeachment and how people like Senator Thune and Rounds and Congressman Dusty Johnson voted, how uh, Governor Christie Nome responded and talks about the president, are there political impacts uh, implications to this impeachment um, going forward? What do you think? Let's start with uh, Dave Wilsey today.
1: Yeah, uh, probably the most important thing for you know from my perspective is how Donald Trump, even though he has been turned out of office, uh, lost the uh, popular vote rather decisively uh, in doing so, he still is playing a very large role in um, the primary electorate. And this is, you know, we're not used to this sort of thing uh, happening after somebody's uh, lost an election. Typically, uh, candidates have kind of exited the scene and they let others within the party filter up and uh, take the mantle, um, but the party itself and the institutions of the party, like the DNC, the RNC, and the other committees, um, they, they're very weak in, in some fundamental ways, and they don't really have a way of moving past Trump uh, if he wanted to, uh, if he wants to stay. Uh, in the national spotlight like like this and the problem for the party is that being such a divisive force and being a divisive force within the party itself uh, really puts them in a tough spot as they try to position themselves uh, for the upcoming elections both the congressional elections and ultimately uh, the 2024 presidential contest
0: and, and then, Lisa, we have Governor Nome, who not only supported Trump, but who wrote very publicly that the Republican Party needed to get its act together and focus on more than just uh, keeping taxes low, but to stand for something rather than against something. Talk about that as it plays out in the sort of national RNC conversation and, and her political future.
2: Right. So right now, what we're seeing is Republicans really kind of being split between those who follow Trump and those who are looking for the Republican Party to distance itself from Trump. So we've seen that with some of our state politicians, some who much more closely align with former President Trump, like Governor Christy Nome, and then those who have been a little bit more distant when it's come to things relating to the impeachment trial, like Congressman Johnson. And so I think we see that happening across the board in the Republican Party. But yet there's also some concern about what distancing the party from Trump means. So we saw Senator Lindsey Graham come out yesterday and really talk about his concerns regarding the Republicans' chances moving forward. So there's some who really would like to move on from Trump, but the question becomes really can the party fully move away from him with Trump having such the following that he does? And I think that's going to be something we're going to see play out in the campaigns. And we're going to start to see what that means. If candidates distance themselves from President Trump, do they struggle? Or is that seen as a good thing? We're going to have to kind of just wait and see what happens.
0: And in South Dakota, it doesn't seem that there's any risk that, uh, you know, this state wouldn't go for Trump in a a, Congress against, a contest against perhaps any Democrat at this point. But I am reminded of Dennis Dugard and how he famously was uh, voting for John Kasich. And, and I'm wondering about the leadership of a governor in a state to sort of signal to state Republicans that the the decisions that they make should be nuanced and based on their conscience and 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 whatnot. so let's talk a little bit more about governor Nome because in the meantime she is governor and she is tackling some very um, difficult conversations about marijuana and private property and abortion and this is all part of her work as governor but it also seems to be very much I- indicative of um, her desire to get a national audience at least um, on national uh, you know, media outlets, for example. So let's talk a little bit about um, marijuana legislation, what voters wanted, and what we're seeing unfold n- now. Professor Wiltsy, you want to start with that?
1: Well, it's, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, position where South Dakota you know, very unexpectedly um, passed the recreational marijuana law and, you know, as this thing was going through, it was clear that the entire Republican establishment was opposed to it. Um, and, you know, they were they were kind of taken off guard uh, by its passage. You know, the thing is, though, I, I don't really see a huge cost for any Republican, really, to stand up and try to resist this. So with the lawsuits that are circulating its way through um uh the system right now and governor Gnomes' just fierce resistance uh to implementing this i don't really see a downside for her um in fact i i, I think the downside would be is if she would to actually uh get behind us and uh you know fully embrace implementation so even though uh you know you can make this charge that they're going against the will of the people I I just don't think that this is important enough to the bulk of voters in South Dakota, particularly um, the Republican base, uh, that this is going to have any real cost uh, in the long run. And just given how uh, legalization is a really important social issue now, something that uh, the Republican base across the country uh, is very focused on, um, it's, it's probably a net benefit for her to keep on this course.
0: Uh, Professor Hager, 70% of South Dakotans voted for um, legalization of the initiative, initiated measure, the medical marijuana, which lawmakers and the government are trying to at least uh, delay at this point. Um, is there a benefit to her of sort of stepping out and saying, especially after so much conversation about personal responsibility and people making their own choices, that this, her approval rating go up by taking this on?
2: right so at this point we're seeing quite a bit of chatter about kind of the contradictory messages that are coming out of the governor's office because we have that sort of rhetoric being used with respect to masks and responding to covid 19 but then it not applying to things relating to recreational or medicinal use of marijuana but like dave was saying i think that there's really no political cost associated with doing this it plays well with This strong Republican base. And at the end of the day, I don't think that this single issue is going to be the thing that changes someone's vote when it comes time to reelect Kristi Noem, if that is people's choice
0: right let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that we see her vocally stepping out to do and now it seems like she has an opponent in the White House uh, by the name of President Biden and she is uh, her office is starting to you know send press releases we're seeing her on national TV outlets talking about his action and dr. Hager let's start with you let's kind of unpack some of how she is responding to a new president and um. And, and trying to take the lead on some of, of those issues.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So I think this just plays into what we've already seen out of Governor Nome. So she was a ardent Trump supporter, and when he was not elected, Obviously, then we were not able to see if she would have garnered a spot in his cabinet. So I think by taking up these charges against various things that the Biden administration is working on various executive orders relating to the treatment of transgender individuals, among many things, I think that is just continuing to show that. She is more, obviously, a Republican who sides with Trump, which then can help her later on politically. So there will be another presidential election, and she will be continued to see as one of these Republican
0: darlings within the party. Yeah, Um, Dr. Wiltsie, anything you want to add to what uh, Lisa said there?
1: Well, the only thing that I'm really curious about is how she's going to be positioning herself. Um, You know, knowing that... You know, Trump is still probably going to throw his hat into this ring, uh, and how she's going to temper that with her own ambitions, uh, because it is clear that she has an ambition for higher office. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting just to see how she she navigates uh, between those two uh, between those two factors.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about her approval levels, and you know what that means for national office, and what it doesn't mean. Because, and and. Uh, In some ways, she could be very popular here at home and not pull in any voters from, you know, a state like California, for example. So at what point does she look um, nationwide and think about some of the things that she's doing and how they're going to play out in a a general election? Uh, Maybe, uh, Lisa, let's start with you on that one.
2: Yeah. So I think we're starting to see what her strategy is, which is trying to garner national attention. And she was able to do this with the Trump administration during his campaign, but to continue to stay in the limelight as one of these front runner Republicans who are really representing <clears throat> some of these core Republican sorts of issues. You know, I think She's starting this, and I think we'll just see it continue as the Biden administration unfolds, so similar to like what Dave was saying, so that she can try to put herself in a good position where she is having to try to balance her own ambition with that of former President Trump. Um, as far as Nome, I think it's going to be very interesting. Dave can also speak to this, but Noam tends to pull in less support, than typical Republican candidates that we've seen. And we got that sort of data from the poll that we conducted at South Dakota State University of registered voters in South Dakota. So to see if that sort of lack of support that's not nearly as strong as you'd see for a typical Republican candidate transfers over to other states would be interesting.
0: Yeah, And, Dave, add to that this idea of, you know, an opponent right now, if she says, you know, loudly i'm not running for president in 2024 she waits to see what uh... president trump or donald trump is doing and whether he throws his hat in the ring but here at home for governor no one has come out and said they're going to challenge her for uh... governor although i think people are campaigning pretty hard for billy Sutton to take another run at this since he was close to defeating her before who who is her opponent here at home right now? Because sometimes, Dave, it seems like her opponent is the media and she spends a lot of energy trying to point out what uh, media outlets have done wrong, Um, but yet we don't see a Democratic or independent opponent to her at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, the media is always the perennial target of uh, a lot of conservatives, so that's no surprise. Uh, But she is very popular amongst Republicans here. Uh, One thing our polling found was that she, within the party, uh, she's probably the most popular politician in the state. Um, you know, she's ahead of Thune amongst Democrats and Johnson amongst Democrats and virtually every other Republican we asked about, even Donald Trump himself. So uh, it's clear that she's not going to have a primary challenger, but no one would even think about taking taking her on. Uh, it would just be uh, too, too hard of an uphill uh, fight for him. But she is, like Lisa said, fairly soft amongst um, um, other candidates in the state in the statewide uh, polls so this is an opening for someone like Billy Sutton and if she does show any kind of weakness amongst independents uh, relative to what she did before uh, this could be a, an opening uh, for him to uh, make a strong um, make make a strong uh, challenge once again I don't know if it will be enough I mean, any Democrat is going to be uh, facing an uphill battle in this state, uh, but you, you, it's, it's too far to tell uh, in terms uh, of time here. But I, if I were him, I would I'd be seriously weighing uh, another shot at this office.
0: Yeah, does the pan, does the pandemic response of the state, the things that she did, you know, were coming up on a year. Um, you know, thinking of when she, you know, uh, sent kids home from school so they could be clean for two weeks, you know, canceled the basketball tournaments, and then in May went to the the Back to Normal plan, did a lot of campaigning for the president the 4th of July, um, came, you know, it came to be a, a large event that was hotly debated. As we get further away from that, however, and we see more of the successes of the state, how well vaccination has gone compared to other states, for example, and people forget a little bit about November and December. Um, does the pandemic response hurt her or help her in the future? Lisa, what What do you think? I think
2: it's going to help her in the sense that she can say, early on when COVID hit, we did what pretty much everyone else did, really tried to shut things down for the most part. But then we started to realize that south dakota really didn't have quite the numbers and okay yes then later on the numbers did spike quite considerably but you know at that point she can say i had chosen at that point to follow what we saw many republican governors doing which was allowing people to make their own personal choices so if people felt more comfortable quarantining and wearing masks then they could do that Others were able to conduct their business as they saw fit, not wearing masks, maybe not quarantining that frequently, things like that. So I think it plays into more of this, you know, self-determination sort of stance that she's taken throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think anything that maybe was a little unpopular with how she responded early on will be quickly forgotten.
0: Dave, do you agree with that? The longer yeah, we um, move forward in this, the, the better um, her administration and uh, her leadership will start to look to South Dakotans and people in the rest of the country?
1: Uh, certainly with South Dakotans. Um, you know, I basically agree with everything Lisa just said, but I would add that um, one thing that was just crystal clear in our own polling and polling uh, elsewhere across the country is that our impressions of covid response covid policy all the mitigation efforts down to you know washing your hands more often wearing a mask all that stuff is all conditioned on um, uh, partisanship so Mm -hmm. uh, south dakota is just primed in a position to be more accepting of her approach simply because we are such a, a, a republican state uh so as a little bit of time does pass um Whatever failures there may have been, I think really will wash away, and in the end, even assessing um, our response and what successes we did have and what failures we have, uh, most Republicans don't even see the failures uh, you know they point to the same things that the governor points to our economic performance, uh, whether it be GDP growth, whether it be our tax uh, our tax base, and how it's you know been pretty steady. Um, despite the uh, pandemic, and the unemployment rate. So where Democrats see stunning failures, um, Republicans are just primed to see those very same things as successes. It just just speaks to our polarization.
0: Right. We will uh, continue this conversation in the days ahead. Always a pleasure to talk with political scientists from South Dakota State University, Lisa Hager and Dave Wilsey. Dr. Hager, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Dr. Wiltsy, thanks as well.
1: Thank you.